All right, all right. Well, welcome everyone to Married Life. It's so awesome to have you here. My name's Tim Gill. I'm one of the pastors on staff. This is my amazing wife, Rachel. Hello, everybody. Welcome. All right, well, we are so thankful to have you join us. I hope everybody had a great Christmas season and a happy new year. Welcome to 2023. Um, So we're just so excited to intentionally come together and make this opportunity as a church family to say, we wanna put our marriage first. And, you know, not to say, sometimes people can look at like, honey, do you want to go to marriage ministry tonight as there's something wrong with our marriage? But we definitely want to always portray it is because we want to be so intentional to pour into our marriages. There is so much strain and and so much friction coming against marriages these days and so much pressure that we want to say, God, we want to do it your way. We want to put it on the foundation of your word. So we want to put before our eyes every month, just align our vision with God's vision for a husband and a wife. And how do we disciple our kids, our grandkids, and those people in our lives with first being set right as husband and wife? So we want to give you a time because community is what this is about. To spend a few minutes at your table, introduce yourself if you've never met. But I love you. We're in the middle of Pray First or just starting Pray First as a church. And we have been going day by day, if you don't know, at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. on YouTube, Facebook, we go live and we pray together as a church family. We interact with one another. Um, we would love you to discuss what you are praying for as husband and wife together. And if you haven't had a chance, even in the busyness of life, to even say, what would we like to pray for, for our family this year, for breakthrough, this is your chance So why don't you take some time and get to know each other, and then we'll go into a time of worship. All right, all right. Well, again, welcome, everyone. It's good to have you here at Married Life. Uh, As you're coming in, there are a couple seats up front still, so if we need more seating, there's some seating up here. But um, one of the things we recognize is the first thing that you need to do to have a healthy marriage is you need to have a healthy relationship with God. And one of the best things we can always do is just spend a little bit of time in worship uh, before him and just singing to him. So we're going to go ahead and transition to a song, a worship song. If you want to go ahead and stand up, just so you know, we do have Pastor Dwayne and Jeannie tonight. So this is going to be rocking awesome. So give it up for them. They'll be coming up right after the worship song, but I'm going to pray, and then we're going to go into a song called The Blessing by Carrie Job. So if you would, bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this time. Father, we thank you, Lord, that when you designed marriage, you designed it with purpose and intention, and you designed it to be something that was a blessing to us. And we recognize, Lord, that you are the author and creator of marriage. So right now during this time, we turn towards you. We ask you, Lord, to soften our hearts and open up our hearts towards you so that we can have our hearts open towards our spouse. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for who you are. And we pray this in the incredible name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord bless. 
upon and be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face toward you and give you peace. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Oh! 
Well, good evening, everybody. Good to see you. This is... Oh, you, good to see you. Yeah, well, you go ahead. Um, okay. Has everybody flown on an airplane? All right, so then you'll know what I'm talking about. We want to welcome you to flight number 2023. We are prepared to take off into the new year. Please make sure your attitude and blessings are secured and locked in an upright position. All self-destructive devices should be turned off at this time. All negativity, hurt, and discouragement should be put away. Should we lose altitude under pressure during the flight, reach up and pull down a prayer. Prayers will automatically be activated by faith. Once your faith is activated, you can assist other passengers. There will be no baggage allowed on this flight. The captain, God, has cleared us for takeoff. Destination, success in the kingdom. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's have a word of prayer before we start. Father, we just thank you for the great institution of marriage that you began, and that's your plan for our lives. And as we discuss marriage tonight, we pray that your spirit would move in our midst, that you would open our hearts, that you would speak to each one of us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is going to be an unusual message, so I'm going to tell a story first. Um, years ago, I took Jeannie turkey hunting for the first time. I got her a really nice AYA 20-gauge. And uh, we're out in the woods. We're all camoed out. And I call, and this turkey responds, and we get set up against a tree, and there's a trail right in front of us, and it's thick on every side, and this turkey's coming. And how many of you know how this works? See, you, you make the sound like a girl turkey, right? And then, and then that time, he gets all excited. He's like, you know, he flops all up like this. He, he, he's strutting around like this. Look at me. Look at me. I'm the one you want. I'm handsome. I'm big. I got what you want. You're looking for me. You know? so, so he's just strutting. He's just, we hear him coming before we can see him because it's pretty thick. And then he shows up and he's just strutting out there. And I say to Junie, now he's walking a little bit. And when they walk, their head goes, you know. So, so Jeannie. I mean, their head really, they, they don't walk just straight. While they step, their head go back and forth <laughs> like this. So yeah. I'm like, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. Shoot him. Shoot him now. Shoot him. Shoot him. See, and, and she didn't realize. I, I was trying to follow his head. <laughs> <laughs> and he wouldn't hold still. I'm like, huh? <laughs> so she, she thought she just had one bullet. I would say this. A like a 22, it'd just be one piece of lead shooting out there. Not realizing she had 200 pieces of lead thrown up into that gun. And so the turkey ends up leaving. So I said that to say this, we're going to throw like 200 things at you. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, we wrote down 10. So that would give us like three minutes apiece. All right. We're going to talk about uh, great marriages. Right. And uh, great marriages, well, but this way, thriving couples choose to speak words of life over each other. Right? Thriving couples watch their words. So in Proverbs chapter 18, it says this, 
It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat its fruit. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So literally, when the Bible talks about the, the power of our words, the context is marriage. All right? So you can kill your marriage. How many of you realize you could say some things right now that would not benefit your marriage? But at the same time, you can say things that will benefit your marriage greatly. Some that will destroy it, some that will do the exact opposite. I, I, I love what, the, what it says in Proverbs 31. It's talking about uh, the husband of what we refer to often as the virtuous wife. It says, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also embraces her. He says, many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful, beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Well, I just think that it's great that it puts it right in there, right? That this guy says, hey, there's a lot of women out there, but there's nobody like you. I'd choose you again in a second, right? He's speaking those words of life. In, Sol in uh, the Song of Solomon, it says this, there are, there are 60 wives, all queens, and 80 concubines, and unnumbered virgins available to me. But all I still choose is you, my dove, my perfect one, the only beloved daughter of your mother. Uh, he's, he's got some stuff going on. Yeah. But again, the words. So once you remember, um, you, sometimes people say things and then afterwards, well, I'm sorry. But remember this, your words don't evaporate. All right. You, it, the Bible says there's one that speaks like the piercing of a sword. So you can say something, and it'll just go right into your wife's heart. And you can say, I'm sorry, but you still put a sword in her heart. So your words don't evaporate. It, it's, it's not all right that you said it and then just say, I'm sorry. That's not all right. All right? Okay. And, and um, I do want to clarify that you can choose to take words your husband, your wife, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to say things sometimes out of a moment of feeling. And so, but you can choose to let the words go. You, you can choose to not grab hold of them and hold on to them. I mean, you, you all know that if you, your husband handed you a cactus instead of something nice, that you could drop it or you could hang on to it and then let it continue to hurt you every time, you know, you remembered it. That's ri ridiculous. Um, but the, there's a saying when I was little that I discovered wasn't true, you know, the sticks and stones thing. Yeah. And, and so I rewrote it. Sticks and stones can break one's bones, and words can hurt, it's true. But I can choose with whom to agree, and I choose God, not you. So, you know, with that thought, not that I say that to him, but... Um, I've got but, all good words. But, but I have that thought, you know, of, you know what? There's sometimes I just have, you have to spit things out of, you know, I mean, out of your mind. You have to not hang on to them. But I do want to tell you that there's a lot of things that can be said that you misunderstand, oh. and I write them down. <laughs> I'll just read you a few... 
Okay, so um, Dwayne asked me, do you need to go shopping for something? And I answered, sometime we need to go buy some vitamin C. And what Dwayne heard was, we need to go buy some new teeth? <laughs> no, no. And then I jumped in bed one night, and he, I heard him say it clear as a bell. He said, you're a beautiful old lady chick. <laughs> and I, I go, what? <laughs> and what he really said was, you're a beautiful, always have one more thing to do chick. <laughs> Which is true, I'm always having one more thing to do. Um, then this was a good one. I crawled in bed with my cold feet, ready to absorb his warmth. And I heard him say, I want a color tour. And my eyes got big. <laughs> I said, what did you say? He said, I want an hour or two to cool down. And I don't know how I got a color tour out of that, but anyway, we had fun night. And then where's the other one that was... Okay, and this one, this one was a Siri oops. Dwayne asked Siri to write and send a text to an acquaintance. <laughs> and he said, this is Pastor Dwayne, please call me. But the friend received, this is Bastard Dwayne. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. Go ahead. You got another one? One more? One yeah, more. One okay. More. Um, <laughs> Dwayne, I, so it's not ever been his favorite thing to um, fix things around the house. So he told me one time, he said, now, if you, I don't see what you see. I just, I don't observe the things around the house that, that maybe I could do. So you need to tell me. So I thought, I got really bold one time, and I let him know that um, there's a light bulb that needs changed. And so he said, he said, I will change the light bulb tonight. And I replied, that would be great. But what he heard was, it can wait. <laughs> so the light bulb will stay dark for a while. <laughs> okay. Well, but seriously, all right. <clears throat> Your, your marriage is not better than your words. And one of the things that's so easy to improve right, is to improve your words. Right? Now, honestly, to improve your words, how many know you need to improve your heart? You've got to improve your heart. All right. Thriving couples are a team. And when you're a team, there's no place for comparison or competition. Jeannie's really good fixing light bulbs and putting stuff like that, you know. No, no we're good at different things, right? Uh, I remember <clears throat> when, uh, well, we've done it several times. We're, we're, we're Dutch, and Dutch people played this game called Rook. Anybody? All right. So, so we're playing Rook, and, and most of the time, it ends up guys against the girls. Sometimes it's, you know, we're on the same team, but a lot of times, it's guys against the girls. But we think that's great because if, she, if I lose and she wins, we both win. There's just, there's just no way to lose, you know, when, when we're doing it that way. So there's not a competition, right? And so you want, what you want to do is you want to help your spouse grow, right? 
And we always, we, we've said this, you may have even heard us say this before, but do everything you can to grow together, right? Do what you can to grow together. Uh, what we typically, one of the things that we do is we read together. In fact, how long does it take? We, we live five miles from church, all right? So on the way to church tonight, we're reading a book, right? Um, so we decided early on in our marriage that we were going to do that together so that we would grow together, right? And you want to help your spouse be everything that they can be. Right? I want to stop because um, when we read together, there are things I know I tried to tell him, but he didn't understand it. It, didn't, it went right over through his ears, out the other side. I don't know where it went. Maybe somebody snatched it before it got to his ear, but it didn't get there. And, and um, when we, we probably maybe three books a year on marriage, we're, we're always finding more, anything anybody has to say on marriage, we do that. And in the early years, it was especially helpful because things that I wanted him to understand, but I couldn't get across to him, we'd be reading it in the book, and he'd like, oh, no, that's interesting. What do you think about that? Or you know, And I'm like, that is what I just been, yes, that's, yes, I agree. <laughs> and and um, so, you know, it's just, you, it's easier to hear sometimes when somebody else puts it in, in words and, and to study together. Um, we grew a lot. I remember early in our marriage when he started reading, um, reading the books on marriage, he decided he needed to learn how to be a husband. And Thus, uh, she told me I needed to learn. <laughs> well, there was a lot we didn't know at the beginning of our married life Absolutely. together. And um, so I remembered thinking after the years went by and he kept learning more. Every time he'd study, I decided that we should tell every newly married couple that in a year they're going to have to teach on marriage. And then they could study, because every time we'd study, he's, we're going to speak on marriage, so he'd read some new books and study on it, and we'd grow another step, and then you'd grow another step. we just keep, mm -hmm. keep on growing. And, and I think, you know, the people who think they know it all and don't try to learn and grow, you're missing out on a lot of adventurous mm -hmm. fun. You know, one more thing about uh, being a team. Uh, your spouse will only fulfill the dreams that are in their heart with you. That's the only way they can be fulfilled is with you. And uh, when when I was my my mother's from McBain, little town up north near Cadillac, and so we would always take our family vacation in Lake City, not very far from McBain. Right, we'd camp out and. We had this little 12-foot rowboat we'd take out in the lake and I'd go out there with my dad. I mean, this is from the time I was like two. Right? We'd go out there with my dad and dad would look over at the cottages and he'd say, oh, wouldn't it be awesome to have one of them one day? Well, I just had this dream, you know. I'd really love to have one of those cottages. And I'd talk to Jeannie about it and she'd like, are you trying to kill me? One house is more than enough. <laughs> and... Uh, Literally, one day, I, I took her up there, and I said, uh, we're going we're gonna to look at some cottages, and 
you can choose whether I'm choosing life. You know? and, and she's like, oh, no. I said, yeah, we need to do it. We need to do it. And we bought it. You have to understand, I was not just don't really want another house. I mean, I was like, like, I was sure he was really seriously trying to kill me. I thought, <laughs> I can't handle, I don't think I could do this. I don't, it didn't sound one bit fun. I never knew anything about cottages and Michigan lakes and all the stuff that you do in Michigan here. And, and it, it, it just, there was no, I didn't have a pinch of the vision. And um, that day, I was so upset the night before. I didn't sleep well. I woke up, I had a splitting headache. And he's taking me to see, he, he had picked out three, and he wanted me to pick out one of the three. And I just, oh, man, I felt so terrible. And I reached in my purse, and I found a sample Tylenol packet, and, and I better take something. And so I took it. And when we got there, I thought, man, I am sleepy. It was nighttime It Tylenol. was a nighttime Tylenol. <laughs> and so we're, we're walking through these cottages, and like, I don't really care. I don't care. I don't know. <laughs> you thought he'd planted that in my purse, but um, <laughs> what what was really funny was we 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 picked out a cottage, we we bought that place, and had an amazing amazing times with the kids in the. And I don't just mean fun times; amazing times. Just um, there was just so, so much, much we family. did and so much we learned and. And um, when we went to sell the house, then I cried again because <laughs> I didn't want to sell it. And, and it was, it really was a God thing. And, and I got to see what it, it was. And I think that happens a lot of times when, um, you know, you, you, you got to put your dreams together. And it's not always going to be yours. And so, it's not always going to be hers. But you make it. So Jeannie wanted a dog. And I had no problem with a dog. But she wanted a dog that would live in the house. And I'm like, never going to happen. Never. Never. She said, but I really want it. I said, I really don't want it. I mean, it, this went on for, this went on for a long time. All right. And we're out, we're out running one day. And uh, I said to her, I said, honey, I just wish that I didn't want a dog. So then you could have a dog, but it would bother me every day. If every time I saw that dog, I'd want to kill it. You know? <laughs> I'm kick that dog. And then she said, well, I just wish I didn't want a dog. You know, so she wished she didn't want a dog. And I wished that I wanted a dog. And so I, was, I, was, I said, God, just help her. And I mean, it's, I'm serious. I did. I'm as serious. And while he's praying that, I am, I am praying, okay, God, I have really tried to not want a dog. <laughs> and I've explained and made all the excuses to him why this would be just well, a wonderful good thing. Interject. And Let me interject. So, so every time. I was going to confess it. Oh, okay, go ahead and confess it. Because <laughs> normally you just confess my sins. No. So let's hear some of yours. Well, well he. He would. He did a lot of trips. We had the little kids, and so he would go on a sometime ten day to two week trip, uh, traveling. And when he was gone, he left me in charge. And there'd be somebody had a 
puppy for sale or something. I'm Somehow, a, uh, I, I'm like, oh, man, this would be, he will love this one. This would be perfect. <laughs> so when he comes home from his trip, you know, we have this. We have a dog. Dog. This happened like six or seven times. Oh, maybe three or four. <laughs> this happened a lot. <laughs> I give that sucker away so fast. Send it back. All right. So back to, back to we're running, okay? So we're running, and sh I'm confessing I wish I wanted a dog, but I don't want a dog. And I'm praying I wish I didn't want a dog, but I really do want one. And yeah. so I asked God to take it away. I said, God, I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. I'll just give it to you if you think it's a really good idea and it would be a blessing for the family to have a dog. I'll let you deal with him, and I will not ask him anymore. Mm -hmm. So, so and, and I'm, I'm praying, and I said, God, just take that desire away from her. And I hear God like as clear as can be. He said, get my daughter a dog. <laughs> so, of course, we get a dog. And that dog was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I knew We when had we, so much fun with that dog. That, that was That it, was, it needed to be well-trained and it, whatever. And then the dog just loved Dwayne. Worshipped Dwayne, loved Dwayne, would smile at him when he'd get home. Literally, the dog would smile. Would put his paw over him when he's on the couch, you know, just, he loved him. And then uh, he also loved fishing. And so the dog um, would rather go fishing with him than eat a steak. I mean, if he saw the fishing pole, he was after going fishing. So it really was a blessing. <laughs> Thriving couples appreciate each other and are thankful for what each other brings into the marriage. Right? In fact, in Proverbs 31, when it, it's literally, they, they call this the, they shouldn't call this the virtuous woman chapter. This should be the marriage chapter. But the first thing it says, who can find a, a virtuous woman? Her worth is far above rubies. It says you need to understand the value of your spouse and you need to be thankful, need to be appreciative. It's really easy to get, um, how do we say it? In have an entitlement attitude to not appreciate what they do. Take them for granted. You know, as somebody said, familiarity breeds contempt. Right, and and literally, um, people that have actually done very in-depth studies on marriage say the number one predictor of divorce is contempt. It's a lack of thankfulness, you know, for, for your spouse, for what they do, for who they are. And it's really easy to just take them for granted. And contempt comes from what you chew on. Um, you know, there's, like I said before, there's some things like gristle. You spit it out. You swallow the good part of the meat, but you spit out the gristle. But in, in a marriage relationship, somebody, um, you know, you get a little bit of gristle from the other person, and then you just chew on it and chew on it until you start getting irritated more and more irritated and more irritated. And you weren't, it, it was something you should have spit out. Um, I just have a point here that I think um, everybody could write down or should remember. And that is in, to make decisions in light of eternity. Um, reaction. Your reaction being thankful, choosing to serve one another, choosing um, whatever his last point was, being thankful. Um, you make the decisions on what you say and, and how you react in light of eternity. 
And there's been times when, you know, I just really wanted to make a big fuss about something. And then I'd stop and remember this, like, okay, in light of eternity, I'm not going to remember this. This is not going to be, this is not important. Um, and actually, um, when we serve one another out of love for Christ, when we do unto each other as we would do to Jesus, um, we will be rewarded. There is eternal reward for that. So just to think, you know, are we choosing eternal um, perspective or a temporary one? And love always sees beyond the immediate. Mm -hmm. And love chooses. And feelings will react to the immediate and require immediate satisfaction. And so just to recognize, you know what? My feelings are just wanting to react right now. But what would love do? And usually as Christians, you, you can tell what love will do if you'll just think, well, what would Jesus do? And what would I do if Jesus was standing right here looking at me and I'm doing it to him? What would I do to Jesus? How would I react to Jesus? And um, that's just huge. That'll change your married life if, if you put Jesus right in there with everything that you say and do and think, if I give and I'm thankful for my husband, um, you know, I'm being thankful for Jesus. One of the great restorers of awe is gratitude. As author Francis Frangipan says, the very quality of your life, whether you love it or hate it, is based on how thankful you are toward God. Your attitude determines whether life to you is a place of blessedness or wretchedness. It all depends on your perspective. What we're talking about here is not just a general, occasional sense of thankfulness, but rather building a true sense of awe and gratitude for our spouse by intentionally searching out and giving thanks for the blessings they add to your life. Frangipan continues, if you want to find joy, you must first find thankfulness. You really need to repeat that. Mm -hmm. If I want to find joy, if I want to find joy, I must find thankfulness. I must find thankfulness. The fact is every time we open up to grumbling and complaining, the quality of our life is reduced proportionately. Practicing gratitude opens the door for the marriage we dream of. Each time we go out of our way to discover something positive about our spouse, each time we pause to offer a silent thanks for the gift we've been given, we are working to build a culture of appreciation, joy, and love where a strong relationship can grow. The more we practice looking for awe, the more we develop eyes to see it. And I experienced such a breakthrough um, in, in our relationship and marriage when, when uh, God spoke to my heart about loving him on purpose, that it, not just uh, feeling good about him, and, and if he didn't make me feel good, then I didn't feel loving. You know, if, it didn't, if he disappointed me or, or, you know, if he didn't say something nice when I needed something nice said, you know, I would just... Um, get into little pity parties or whatever we call them. And um, when, when God was directing me to love him on purpose, I remember a big part of it was being thankful. Um, like he grabbed my hand and we're walking and, and I take my hand and I, I on purpose thought how it feels. 
how his hand feels. I thought, wow, I like the feeling of his hands, my hand and his hand. That feels good. And, and I, even if I didn't say anything to him, I just thanked God. I thank you, God, for his strong hands. I thank you. And, and I would sometimes tell him, oh, I need to hold your hand. It feels so good. And then I realized, honey, when you hug me, it's like a vitamin. <laughs> I think, so I, I, I can ask for vitamin H, a hug. I says, it really, and I just realized that there was really, and I'm not a scientist. I didn't go through all the researching of what a, a hugs, you know, all the hormone stuff that hugs can give you. But just when he put his arms around me, I took the time to give thanks. And when I did, I realized how it, some cares would fall off of me. I just felt encouraged. I, I, it just, you, if you just try that, just be thankful in these different situations and little situations, give thanks and, and you will recognize, um, growth in your own heart and your attitudes. Next, thriving couples, they do things together. Right? Now, somebody says, well, we sleep together. That's good. That's good. Right? But it takes more than that. In fact, I remember reading this a number of years ago. Sociologists study how people fall in love and get married. Now, this is what they said. They said it takes a minimum of 15 hours of quality time together per week. Right? For a couple to fall in love. Minimum 15 hours. Quality time to fall in love. But what, what they also mention is, and it takes the same thing, to stay in love. So we think, okay, yeah, I chased her and I got her. No, and I'm going to go do something else. It doesn't work. Or I got him and now I caught him and now I'm going to do something. I'm going to focus on something else. It doesn't work. To, to have a thriving marriage, you need to keep on spending quality time together and do stuff together. Right? Uh, in marriage, it can sometimes be difficult, especially when you have little kids. Right? In, in fact, again, sociologists tell us that the, the toughest time in marriages is when you have small kids. Right? Because they wear you out. And as grandparents, we finally figured out it's... The <laughs> Praise the Lord, you can have them for a while and give them back. <laughs> we're glad when they come and we're glad when they go. Praise God. <laughs> right? that's, that's really, it tends to be the toughest time in a marriage is when your kids are small. Right? But do things together. For us, we read together. For years, we jogged together until I was in an accident. Um, we shop together. We do coffee together. We walk together. We hunt together. We do maple syrup. I mean, we do stuff together. Right? And I'd rather hang and out I with confess, Jeannie than any of my friends. I let him go to Costco with me. <laughs> Not because it's the most frugal or best oh, way to yeah. shop. But it is something he likes to do with me, so we can do it together. Otherwise, you know I'd be more it, accomplished alone. There, there's dollar stores, but Costco is the $200 store. You can't get out. You can't do it. <laughs> okay, which one should we hit here? Uh, driving couples prioritize family. 
right? They prioritize family. Uh, I always think, when I think about this, I always think about Genesis chapter 49. In fact, uh, Ben Reynolds, most of you know who Ben is, Ben's dad, you know, went to be with the Lord four or five, maybe four or five weeks ago. You know, and we were up to see him uh, just right before he died. And they told us the, the night before he went to heaven. His kids were there. All his grandkids was there, were there. He got to talk to each one of them. And uh, when, when they said that, I said, man, that's Genesis 49. Jacob is about to die. He gets all his kids together. He talks to each one of his kids. And then he talks about his grandparents. He talks about his parents. He talks about his wife who's died. And then it just says, he takes his feet, put them up in his bed. And it says, he died and went to be with his people. You know? But I thought it was interesting. Right before he dies, he's talking about his parents, his grandparents, his wife, the people he's going to see in heaven. But he's got everybody all around him, all his family, all his grandkids are right around him. And when, when we understand that the most important thing, when, 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 when you're 100 years old, about to go to heaven, right? It's not going to be a lot of the stuff that we think was important. The stuff that's going to be important is going to be family. Right? And if we're smart, we realize that now. We realize it now. Right? Prioritize family. You, want to say, you should say something while I find which one of these we're going to skip. <laughs> okay. Um, well, when, when we prioritize family, and, and the other point, it's all tied together, but um, to we can say it's it's hard to have time together when your kids are little, um, but parent together. That's a big part of being together, and um, and that is, mom, especially if you have a blended family, you can like okay, you you stay over there. I'm I'm taking care of my kids, and I don't want you to have anything to do. Is these are my kids, and and you can feel like you. That's really you jipping yourself out of that um, special time of your kids having the the whole parent job, but doing it together will make a huge difference and um, really improve your busy time of parenting because you're doing it together. It's on the, in the in the middle of all the messes together. Mm -hmm. This isn't going to take long, but this is super, 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 super important. Right? Thriving couples plan together. Right? They plan together, short-term, long-term. Uh, what are our dreams? Where do we want to be five years from now? Where do we want to be 10 years from now? Where do we want to be 25 years from now? Thriving couples they, they, they plan together. And they're planning to be together. Right? But they plan together. And in short term, thriving couples plan together. And they plan their finances, which is called a budget. And I know to some people that's a cuss word. <laughs> but actually, actually, all a budget is is telling your money where to go. That's all it is. This is, this is what's important to us, so this is what we're going to do. Um, 
it's making decisions beforehand when emotions are not involved. Right? Really easy then. So thriving couples plan together. And then lastly, Jeannie's going to talk about thriving couples enjoy sex together. I'm going to talk. <laughs> well, it's good for a man to have a wife yep. and for a, hus a wife to have a husband. Mm -hmm. And that pretty much says it. <laughs> it. It goes on and it says sexual drives are strong, but marriage is strong enough to contain them and to provide for a balanced, fulfilling sexual life in a world of sexual disorder. Well, that's where we're living, a world of sexual disorder. The marriage bed must be a place of mutuality. The husband seeking to satisfy his wife. The wife seeking to satisfy her husband. Marriage is not the place to stand up for your rights. Marriage is a decision to serve the other whether in bed or out. How many of you knew this is all in the Bible? 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Abstaining from sex is permissible for a period of time if you both agree to it and if it is for the purpose of prayer and fasting, but only for such times. Then come back together again. Satan has an ingenious way of tempting us when we least expect it. Ooh. That was really good. Um, one of the things that, that in, in most marriages, one or the other has a stronger libido. Right? And by the way, that even can change over time. It's, it's quite common in a younger couple for a male to have a stronger libido and in an older couple for a woman to have a stronger libido. Men tend to peak around 20 and women around 45 to 50. Good stuff, I'm telling you, all right? So, with... <laughs> hey, I want to just share a little nugget that really helped me. Uh, well, I don't know if it's really officially that women are more interested in sex later in life than they were younger. It's just that when they're younger, they're busier. I think it's not that they're not interested. They're just so many. I mean, the kids want this and they want that and they want this other thing. And then you were tired and then and now your husband wants. <sighs> you know, and it's not that you don't want to want it. You just get tired. But um, uh, one of the things that I really appreciated learning was when I realized, uh, I'm sure it was the spirit of God quickening it to me, that. Um, he loved me. He didn't just love it, it <laughs> the act. The, it, it was he loved me. He wanted me. And, and that changed my attitude. Uh, it really improved my attitude instead of, okay, I'll... Never say no, you know, turn off the light when you're done. <laughs> but I'm not, you know. Um, it's just not as fulfilling as a, oh, thank you. He loves me. He wants me. And, and um, yeah, I guess. This is not recorded, is it? 
<laughs> well, I thought we're married couples, so yeah, this yeah, is easier yeah. to talk about this. Yeah, but, it's, it's but, but it does make a huge difference, your attitude. Um, you know, for men, you need to have a right attitude, but I just know about the women's attitude, so that's what I'm talking to you about. You can tell them how to straighten out their attitude. But, but you know, to have that, I'm thankful. I am so thankful that he loves me. It changed a lot of my, um, yeah, it changed a lot of the opportunities. Oh, I'm trying to be. It made it much more fun. <laughs> Amen. All right, why don't you pray, and uh, we'll turn it back over to the Gilios. Okay, God, we thank you so much for your plan for Adam and Eve and man and woman and for marriage. We thank you for um, the challenges, the adventure, the all that we get to learn and, and that you are with us in our marriage. And I just pray for every single um, couple that that is hearing this talk here tonight or just that are listening. Father, I just pray that any kind of um, steps that they need to take to improve and to grow, that this will be a year of growth and increase and breakthrough into um, an ever-increasing wonderful marriage. We thank you for the grace to repent um, for anything that needs to be cleaned out and turned away from and, and apologized for, and the grace to um, choose your ways in every area of their lives. Bless these couples in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I thank you for the opportunity to uh, share with you. And Tim, come on. Amen. Amen. Actually, Pastor, would you be interested in maybe like two questions if we have a couple questions? Okay, sure. We'll we got try. a few extra minutes. Are you cool with that? Yeah, we're cool with that. All right. Uh, so basically, if there's anyone that's got any questions that's related to the marriage topic, maybe something you heard today or... Maybe something a little different. If you've got a question, we can go ahead and ask it. So I will actually start with one, and then maybe we'll do two. So you mentioned that uh, specifically when you were talking about sex, but then uh, this this goes in other areas. But to those couples that are in the young kid age, if you could give one piece of wisdom or one nugget that would help accomplish maybe some of the things that you've talked about tonight, or something else, like what's one thing, maybe this is the way, what's one thing you'd love to tell your 27 or 35-year-old self? You can start. I, I, would, have, I would have been a, a better communicator. I think that I thought a lot of, yeah, I would have, he, he didn't know what I was thinking. And I think just that communicating of, of here's our schedule today, here's what's happening. Um, you know, I am not, I'm kind of tired. I'm going to be tired, or this is where I'm feeling today. Uh, we never we never talked a lot. And so he just had to run the show the whole time. And it's like, you know, if, yeah, I just didn't, I needed to talk. I think just being expressive and, and also recognizing that um, it might be busy every day, but we could plan, okay, I'm going to plan on it at this time. And we set a date, we set a plan, put a lock on your door, 
Men, <laughs> women need a lock on the door when you've got kiddos. <laughs> and, um, and you know, that, that that would have made it better in the earlier yeah. days. I would just say, if I were to talk to my 27-year-old self, I would say, spend more time with your kids. That's good. All right, is there any, uh, any, any questions? Okay, way, <laughs> way back here. I got it. I'm out for a jog tonight. You briefly mentioned about doing um, or talking over dreams and visions with each other. Did you guys write those down and pray over those so that you could both see it all the time, or is that something you developed later um, in your marriage? You know, some of them, we have a vision board. Some of them are on our vision board. Other ones we've talked about. I think in the early years, we kind of just were on the merry-go-round and we just hung on. <laughs> <laughs> hung on, and the ministry and life just just uh, uh, took us. And yeah. we didn't do as much planning as we could have. We kind of learned some of the planning and vision board thing and getting together on that a little later. Yeah, that's awesome. Maybe one more question. Ricky. Ricky. Pastor Jeannie, you mentioned just having uh, support of doing, raising the kids together, right? Uh, I think for some of us, you know, whether the men stay home or the women stay home, the other, you know, go to work and whatnot, are you kind of speaking to hey, when you are home versus um, some of us who, who work away right from home uh, and are able to, to parent only when we're able to get home. Does that make sense? So yeah. I, I would just love to hear and, um, specifically when, the when, right, that you're referring to, when you would have Pastor Dwayne parent. Like what did that look like? The involvement of noticing, asking um, what, the, you know, what they can do, the kids – when when we were younger, um, we moved up here and we didn't really have babysitters and we didn't do all the things couples do now and get away for date night. Um, we um, didn't have that early on in our marriage, and and I think that it would have, like he mentioned, more time that he would have spent more time with the kids. It wasn't that he was an absent dad; he did lots, but. Um, that on purpose, like helping with their homework, um, you know, without being asked, just being interested in their homework, being interested in um, mm -hmm. not just being the one when I couldn't correct everything. It's like, you correct this one. <laughs> um, but but being, yeah, just a part of enjoying the kids together. And I really did try to allow, Dwayne traveled a lot during the, when the kids were really little. and. I would write things down. They'd say cute things, whatever, funny things that they would do, and I'd write them down on napkins, on pieces of paper, wherever I could. I was always jotting things down to make sure I could tell Dwayne about them so that he would be able to enjoy the kids too, and he would be able to laugh about those things. So a lot of it is that just sharing, just making sure you share time um, with the kids together. But it's not demanding. Don't, I think it's wrong if you think you've got a measured, well, you know what? You didn't spend five hours. You missed out. You spent four and a half hours with the kids, not five. You know, and it's, it's not just a, 
cut and dry thing. It's it's really just loving your kids, loving your family, loving each other enough that you're not living just for self. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys so much for everything. We appreciate it. You guys give Pastor Wayne Jimmy a hand. Thank you both so much. I definitely really enjoyed that. Thank you for thank you for being real and vulnerable and honest and also throwing lots of humor in there. We, I know in our marriage, humor is something that has diffused a lot of potentially challenging and frustrating situations. I 100% credit that to my husband because I'm not that funny, but he is. Oh, funny story. I was only going to tell like three people this story, but um, I'm going to tell all of you. So we were having a conversation about, um, as we're going through this time of prayer and fasting and some of the challenges and struggles that we're facing as a result, and um, I made a comment about how everything smells so good, but it was kind of tinged with a little bit of frustration. And my husband looked at me and he goes, well, I could fart. (laughs) And just like that, all of the frustration went away. It was really, really funny. But then I forgot what it was, so I had to text him today, and I said, hey, remember that one thing that I said yesterday that was really, really funny? I don't remember it. Do you? (laughs) And of course he did, so he texted me, and then I texted all my friends who would remember if I forgot again. So there is that. That's my funny story for the night. Um, If you are brought tithes and offerings, we do want to give an opportunity for that. There's three ways to give. Um, online, in person, or you can do um, text Reds Give to 94,000. We also have a resource of the month. Um, we are participate or kind of joining forces with the church and doing the same book of the month. So we have two copies of that, and I would like to give them away. Um, I would like to see hands for everyone who is new in the house. Awesome. All right, so I saw Jack. I saw your hand go up first, and... I didn't get a chance to meet you. My husband did, but I didn't. So those two copies right there, Jack and Aaron, and then uh, the gentleman with the blue shirt right behind you. Yes, words on the front. (laughs) Faith, food, and devotions is our book of the month. Yes. (laughs) Um, If you're here on Sunday morning, you can pick up a copy of that in the Resource Center as well. Um, We want to make a, uh, just let you know and remind you about Pray First. That did happen at 7 o'clock today. It was streamed. Um, You can catch the replay on YouTube, Facebook. It'll be available afterwards. There wasn't a way for us to really cut that in smoothly today. Plus, Pastor Jeannie was being really funny, and I didn't want to interrupt that anyways. Um, If you missed this past Sunday, we now have new service times, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. If you show up at 9.30, you might pout a little bit because we got started already. (laughs) Don't worry, you weren't the only one. Uh, Also, next month, we have James and Eileen Sonnick from Victory Life Church are coming to speak here. We also have our winter date night. That's kind of a tradition that we started about three or four years ago of setting up an intimate dinner date night in the Olive Tree Cafe. We have space for 30 couples, um, sorry, 27 couples, um, and spots are starting to go. So if you're interested in going, it is priced out per couple. That's available on our website under events. I also have a QR code 
in the back so you can scan that and get the registration rolling super fast. If you have any questions about it, let me know. We're going to be catering in dinner from Carabas, so chicken brian with mashed potatoes and broccoli, um, and there will be a beautiful cheesecake dessert served alongside of it. Um, as well as a guest speaker to just kind of share some ideas about how to um, fight towards your dreams together in unity. And what else? Oh, camping. Um, this is going to be our second year as Married Life Camping up at Dunes Harbor. We have four spots left. So if you're interested in going to that, I do encourage you to go ahead and get signed up now. Um, even if it's something where you're like, eh, it might work, it might not. Block your spot because we can make adjustments later on, but that registration is only going to be open through the middle of February. If you are interested in coming for just a couple of days, let me know because there are a couple of spots that we have available for two or three night stays as well. And I think, and the Unite Conference, which is a Res Kids thing. I don't have a slide for that, but it is Res Kids. Um, it is a family event that's happening on January 28th here in the concourse, kind of out there really throughout the whole building. But if you have kids in res kids and uh, under age, bring them along because there's going to be lots of fun things. There's going to be um, bounce houses and probably a dunk tank and Chick-fil-A for lunch and all of that good stuff. So if you're interested in that, that's going to be reslife.org slash events. Um, if you would like one of us to partner with you in prayer, please catch Tim and Rachel or myself and Michael afterwards. We'd love to partner with you and pray with you. Um, other than that, if you've got littles in um, the nursery, you can go ahead and grab them. I did get some fun little toys. So if you want to come back for community time, I've got a watercolor mat that kiddos can play with, and it's mess-free. So thank you guys for being here tonight, and we'll see you next month.